0: Hey everybody, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally gonna be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A
1: lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, We have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have
0: access to- Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff.
1: We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on.
0: No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy.
1: I'm Maria Shahada.
0: And uh, I don't I don't feel great. You know, what? I don't... It's not that I don't feel great in like a traditional sense. I just feel like groggy and like someone's sitting on my head.
1: Okay, Um. okay. Is if that sitting on your head and suffocating you or giving you a headache or
0: I don't even feel like it's a headache I feel like I feel like somebody put like a pillow over my head in like a funny way and like it's gone too far (laughs) okay so you you like you're like is this are you having a fight with your boyfriend? Like what's happening right now? Uh, um, are you
1: Are you having a fight with your boyfriend? No, he's
0: outside. I literally kicked him out of the apartment. I was like, Dude, I'm he's, podcasting
1: he's coronavirus right now. <laughs> he's
0: getting coronavirus for this podcast so that I can have personal space. To give bad medical advice, I'm I really it's worth it. Yeah, no, I he's a good person.
1: Is it just the the lack of having anything to do and just being in your home for however many days? We've done this straight, and this being really the only thing that either of us have done creatively, satisfactory at all.
0: Oh, in shit. days. Wow, that was depressing. Why'd you have to list it out like that?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs>
0: um we have to rename our podcast which is just like vaguely suicidal podcast by (laughs) Maria um I mean I took NyQuil I needed I needed like drugs so I took NyQuil and that's some of it but I took NyQuil a couple days ago and it didn't make me feel this kind of groggy Oh,
1: NyQuil fucks me up like even if it's the non-drowsy kind I I am not a human when I take NyQuil
0: yeah. I mean, that's what I like about it is it like knocks me out. And like, especially clearly when you're really sick and you can't like breathe out of your face. But like, I wasn't, I don't feel as sick as I did before. It was more like I, I just needed a little, I needed a little help. And I, um, I think I got too much help. And now I feel like I'm in a cloud bubble.
1: Oh, dude, have a cigarette and enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now we're a podcast from the 70s. You know what you need when you feel sick <laughs> is a cigarette. Uh, we here at two non-doctors think you should be smoking a pack a day to really relieve the head tension that's been happening during your quarantine.
1: Have a shot of whiskey and get back to it.
0: Oh, fuck. Uh, how are you feeling?
1: Great. I'm fucking invincible, man.
0: Yeah? Is it is it because you're getting a lot done during your quarantine or you feel- I,
1: I'm having the best time. <laughs> I'm smart. It only okay. hits me every once in a while where I just start breaking down and crying, and uh, but for the most part, I'm like, oh my god, this is all the time I've been dreaming about forever, and I'm getting it now, and I love it. <laughs> I love it.
0: I'm I'm glad that's your experience. I mean, it just shows what kind of opposites we are. I cried twice yesterday. <laughs> like yeah. I was like doing the dishes. I was like, it was like a scene from like like a a. A relationship drama. I don't know if that's the right title for that, but like think like a marriage story. I was like doing the dishes alone and I just started crying. Like my, I let my mind wander to like, this is my life now. (laughs) I don't have kids. I don't have a husband. So it wasn't like, this is my life now. Why did I do this to myself? It was more like I was washing the dishes and my mind was like, you're never going to do comedy again. And you're never going to leave this tiny apartment and this is your life now. And I just had a mini meltdown by myself.
1: Look, if you start getting into, like, um, I, like, who was I saying this to? It's like, I, I'm fine. And then if I think, like, life as I've known it is never going to be the same again. And that's when I'm, like, that's when, that's when you just deflate. Um, but uh, you just try not to think about it, really.
0: And don't get me wrong. I'm actually, like, kind of busy with all the crap I need to get done. A lot of it is, like, canceling crap and rescheduling crap. It's, like, not uplifting busy it's more like ah crap busy like like panic busy but I I got a lot done yesterday and then because I was in like kind of like a spazzy like ah place I um I'm trying not to say spazzy because if we have any UK listeners they don't like that word
1: it's not that they don't like it well yeah they don't like it well, it's, <laughs> it's really I found
0: I found out the heart, word. Yeah, but it's it's never been offensive here Or it's not with the same connotation of offensive here And I really tried to break the habit, but I my brain is foggy and I couldn't think of a better word So I apologize what happened? you
1: were like you were like you were doing a show Was it what happened like didn't somebody call you out from the audience?
0: No, they didn't call me out from the audience I did an interview show and I had the word spaz. I changed it to I'm a mess but I had the word spaz and like the whole interview, he was like, blah, blah, blah. And then the title of the article was why Liz Mealy thinks it's okay to call people a spaz. And I was like, what? And I was like, first of all, I didn't know that, like, I I mean, I'm Jersey trash. Like, let's just start (laughs) there. Like, it took me a long time to stop saying some of the words that people, you know, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say retarded anymore, but I've made a real effort not to say it in a casual sense or in a flippant sense. Um, because people I know said
1: not
0: so, but like, because people brought it to the forefront, I stopped saying it and I tried to be thoughtful. And then I go to the UK, I do the fringe festival a couple of years ago, I'm doing these articles and then that article comes out and I'm like, that's what you pulled from that interview. like, And I didn't call any, I called, I called myself a spaz. I basically was just, and you know, I changed it to being a mess, but it's just,
1: what was the publication? Because that was very clearly like a headline just to get that person some views. I don't, I
0: don't even remember, but it was so like, talk about like having the rug pulled out from under you. I was like, what? I was like, huh? And then I had to talk to all my UK friends. They're like, yeah, that's like a really bad word. I was like, it's, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone because I can't even, (laughs) I couldn't even, this is how dumb I am. I didn't even know where the word stemmed from. Like, I didn't even think that it was kind of a connotation for somebody being uh, mentally ill or not mentally ill, uh, mentally um, challenged. You know what I mean? Like it was just, but it was like, I, I think it's important to let people know and, you know, for culture to move forward and to not hurt people and language does matter, but that wasn't the way to show me. And at no no point in the interview, he was just kind of like, Oh, you feel like it's okay to say that. And I didn't even know what he was talking about. (laughs) It was one of the first times that I really understood like the, like different cultures and how different things, um, have different importance in, in in different countries and what have you. It was anyway. So as that word was yeah. coming out of my mouth, I was like, "Wow, I've really made an effort not to say that word." But I actually haven't made so much of an effort that I've developed my vocabulary well enough to avoid that word. And then it just came out, and now we're here. here we are.
1: I tend to use a lot of alarming vocabulary, but not like that. Um, like,
0: <laughs> okay, <it's> like- <laughs> how did you throw me under the bus again? You're like, I would never say that. <laughs> Um, it is. <laughs> now we have to have a formal apology for Liz and who she is. Sorry, um, everybody.
1: We know we love you.
0: I just there's a part of me that's like I'm I don't have a big vocabulary to begin with. And then I tell dick jokes for a living and I just don't feel like I'm obligated to grow as a person. I'm trying. Um I feel like I do now, but you yeah. know, it's an excuse.
1: It is sort of hard to like just break something that you've been doing your whole life. Uh like brushing your teeth with hot water.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Knew that was gonna come back around. Uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, because like uh Johnny Gianni, uh he had to um he 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 said his eyeball hurt. He was like, Can you look at my left eye? And I had to I had to face the way he was facing to see which eye was his left eye, but I figured it out and um it, yeah, it was it, <laughs> it was redder than the other eye. It wasn't terrible, but he was like, it just suddenly started really hurting, and I was like, oh yeah, a blood vessel probably burst. And then I just left it because whatever. And he goes, burst. <laughs> he's like, what do you, what do you explain yourself now? Because <laughs> he's very, he's very literal sometimes. And so I had to be like, no, 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 it's, it's probably fine. And he was like, uh, and so he made me Google like, what does that mean? And. And like your eyeballs burst all the time, the blood the blood vessels your in your eye, eyes. I was
0: gonna say your eyeballs your eyeballs burst all the time can't be true, but I think blood no. vessels bursting.
1: Like you could sneeze and they'll break. Like nothing. <laughs> it's not a big deal, but he he looked really unsettled. <laughs> so I googled, and he was like, "You just googled one article." I'm like. That is what I do. Yeah. This is why we're here. <laughs> um,
0: as, as your only doctor in this country right now, because they're <laughs> all busy, I would just take what I'm saying literally and take a nap. My- I, know. I,
1: was, I, I was like, Johnny, I'm literally paranoid about everything and I think you're fine. So don't worry, or you could get a second opinion. Good luck getting someone on the phone for that.
0: <laughs> I do love that that's what it's gonna come down to where like you ask your girlfriend or boyfriend, like, hey, is this normal? And they give you their answer and they're like, I'm going for a second opinion. Robert, Robert, can you look at my eye? Like you just go to your neighbor or your roommate and you're just like, as, as also a non-doctor, what do you think? Is that your Google by the way? Or is oh, that Johnny's Google? Google? Yeah.
1: Well, that was my Google, but I mean, I'm sure I could come up with some other ones because No, um,
0: I would never pressure you. I I love that this Google was uh, from a place of love. Um, This was a love Google.
1: I was like, don't worry, honey. It's just subconjunctival hemorrhage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to practice that in the mirror as I brush my teeth. Conjunctival? Conjunctival?
1: Subconjunctival. Hemorrhage.
0: that's actually a great some com, some conjunctiful hemorrhage yeah i think we're so close to getting a degree it's crazy oh well, we've my google was uh do expiration dates really matter on over-the-counter drugs so this is the thing is that i never would have even thought about it um but my roommate my roommate carmen carmen my old roommate carmen lynch who's also a very funny uh comedian we lived together for Almost four years, many years ago, and she would always borrow. She, not, I guess you don't borrow, but she'd be like, "Hey, do you have Advil? Hey, do you have whatever?" And I would give it to her, and she would be like, "Liz, this is from two thousand and one. Like, what? What?" And I <laughs> wouldn't care. Yeah, like truly. And she, I was like, I was like, "Hey, this is like fine wine. Um, I don't understand why you're being angry. <laughs> um, but I never, I have never looked at the expirations of drugs until." She brought that up to me. And then I just, I sometimes get curious, especially because this is what makes me angry. Is like, okay, you get a cold, you buy yourself the NyQuil, you know, I always get the, the pill form. I don't like um, drinking NyQuil. So you get the capsules, you get the NyQuil, DayQuil. It's never, it, I always feel like it's too much DayQuil and not a Ny- NyQuil. So then you have like 90 packets of DayQuil. So I just feel like I, I always have too much of a certain drug. That's how I I feel
1: like with a mix of like candy flavors, I eat all the cherry and then I have too much orange and lemon.
0: Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll save this for a day that I'm ready to fucking have vitamin C and a citrus blast, but I'm not (laughs) ready right now. So it's that kind of thing. And so it builds up. I have a little drawer in my end table of all my drugs. And then whenever I get sick again, or I have a headache or whatever, I just take the drugs and I don't think anything of it until Carmen was like, dude, all your drugs are expired. And not just like a year expired like 10 to 15 years expired and i and even after she told me that i still don't throw them out and so basically i felt sick i went to go look at my drugs and i saw they were only a year expired which is actually really good for me and i i googled does it really matter And it doesn't, it doesn't, nothing bad's going to happen to you. Just the strength of the drug becomes less and less. So it's just like kind of that law of half-life. So, you know, if it's at maximum potency and that's what makes you feel better, I think each year that goes by, it just becomes less and less potent, but really it's not like an extreme less potent. It isn't like, you know, if it expires in 2019, it's like 10% less effective. And then by 2000 and, um, Twenty five. It's like taking a sugar pill. Like so you're it's an- t-
1: you're handing her some Advil, and you're basically like, here, you're gonna need to take seventeen of these. <laughs> Yeah,
0: Exactly. Could you imagine? <laughs> You'd be like, I'm starting to do like weird math, where I'm like, okay, if this expired in two thousand one, and you are six feet tall. <laughs> and you are in uh in a good health you'll need to take 45 of these while doing a handstand that's just my professional opinion so honestly like everything i googled was like it's truly not a big deal all all that really happens is they're just kind of less effective and my parents kind of told me that so i think we always had expired drugs in our cabinet and i think i knew that like subconsciously <laughs> But I don't think I ever thought anything of it. And it was only until my friend Carmen kind of made me feel bad that she was like, are you trying to murder me? And I was like, you don't take expired drugs and then your body falls apart. It's like you take expired drugs and they just don't work as well.
1: Although, knowing Carmen, she would come out with a video where she took this expired drugs and then she would, like, choke and, like, die and it would be all Yeah, your she's so she's funny. Really dark.
0: Yeah, she's so dark <laughs> and she's so funny. If we could do a shout-out, since we're all comedians without jobs. Oh, God, watch um, Carmen's videos. Carmen Lynch is the funniest, weirdest, silliest person. Her, I mean, she's been on every single Late Show in, in the U.S. Uh, she has an album out, but also... Um, We used to do, when we did live together, we did a a web series called Apartment C3. And my favorite thing was I'm, I was kind of the straight man and she wanted to be as weird and silly as possible. And that kind of opened her up for the silly videos she makes now, but you should look at our web series, Apartment C3, but also if you follow her. I love
1: how you subtly took credit for for her silliness.
0: No. Oh yeah. I guess I did, but no, she's, (laughs) she's naturally silly. But when we would write them together, she was just like, can you make me silly? And then I would be the straight man to accentuate her silliness.
1: Is Apartment C three still on YouTube? Because that is genuinely one of my favorite things to watch. It's so what? much fun.
0: Why? Thank you. And what a what a great question. It is still on YouTube. Um, yeah, Apartment C three full word Apartment C three. But um, yeah, you should check out Carmen Lynch, and she she's the inspiration for this Google because uh, I she's like a little voice in my head that is always just like you're trying to poison everyone with these expired drugs, and now I can tell her with full confidence she's wrong. Um, we should get to let's get personal. I'm going to ask this question to you because I feel slightly insecure. Um, and I'm going to actually uh, find out if my insecurities are valid. Um, how often do you put on lotion?
1: Um, almost never. It's like, so
0: <laughs> That was a real pivot. I,
1: it's just one of those things you have around and you never actually use. For me.
0: Well, as a woman, it's mandatory. Like you have to have I, at least 3 of them in your apartment.
1: Yeah, and it's just like lotion just for show. It's like well, if you wanted some lotion, it's there. But like you never actually use it. Yeah. Um Yeah. But I think it was the time thing because I was just really like I don't know. I don't I, don't, I really don't know what my aversion to it. They make it easy to use. It's in a pump. It's not like it's hard where you yeah. stick your fingers in that tub, and that's fun.
0: <laughs> I had really bad eczema as a, as a kid, but especially as a teenager. And I was super uncomfortable. And so again, I Googled, you know, what am I supposed to do when you have eczema or dry skin? And they said, you should put lotion on as soon as you get out of the shower. So you dry off, your skin is still a little moist and you should put lotion on. So I started doing it when I was like 14 or 15, and it's just a habit I've never broken. So I get out of the shower, lotion head to toe, and then um, my hands And there's something about eczema, you just naturally have dry skin. So I'm always putting lotion on my hands after I wash my hands. So do you feel like you've started to put more lotion on your hands at least because we're washing our hands more or still no?
1: I think about it more, but I don't actually do it.
0: (laughs) Okay, lotion has been more to the forefront of your mind. I only go to my parents' place for the holidays. My dad makes sure there's lotion in the bathroom for me. Because it's like, it's the first thing I asked for. I'm like, dad, we need lotion. He's like, I didn't know. It's an emergency and I'll get some. It's like, and he never gets the ones I want. But at this point, it's just making sure I don't get to a place that I'm like super itchy. But if I go more yeah. than like three days, like, again, I'm, you're a little darker than me and I'm very pale, but I can start to see myself. Of course, I would never use the word ashy because I don't know if that applies to white people. But of
1: course it does. You could, th- like, if you scratched your skin and it got, uh, like, that, you know, dry, like, ashiness, that's ashy. What kind of lotion do you go for?
0: So I have two types of lotion. I do have the, like, truly has nothing in it, smells like nothing, is just, this is truly just a feel better kind of lotion, like o- like, almost medical in the sense that, like, this is purely to absorb into your skin doesn't hopefully doesn't harm the pH balance of your skin and it's just so you feel better but then what I actually put on every day after I shower is this Trader Joe's coconut like shea butteryness. like it's it's really thick and it smells like coconuts and it clearly has become my scent I'm not a perfume person is it like superior is it like better for you or whatever I don't think so but it hasn't seemed to irritate my skin and it smells nice and it does the job so it's become it's become my go-to lotion and i just okay. find i find it so funny that it's just trader joe's brand coconut lotion
1: i feel like i have to drink more water cuz all i drink is coffee and it used to be coffee and alcohol but like all i drink is like stuff that dehydrates me all day and i even said like 2 days ago i'm going to make it a point to drink 8 glasses of water and i think i had a glass and a half we should day. have you know, I'm like so bad about drinking water, and it's all I need to do. I think water will solve like eighty percent of our issues.
0: I do think that's true, and I've gone through like not water cleanses. I don't think that's the right word, but like almost water competitions. We should have a water competition. Um, I mean the I will say is... you know, I like how you're like, no, but also what does that mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I heard all of that in your silence. You're like, no, but also explain yourself. I
1: just well my first image was like. Two people peeing.
0: Well, that's uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I will be perfectly honest. I've done it where all I've done it this a couple of times where for a solid month I'm only allowed to drink water. I can't have tea. I can't have coffee. I can't have anything. Can't have soda. You can only drink water, and that's your only option. The and then you have to drink. You're supposed to drink half your ounces. You um, you're supposed to drink your body weight. Crap. How do I say this? Not like a moron. Half your body weight in ounces. So let's say you, you weigh a hundred pounds, you have to drink 50 ounces of water. So I was drinking, um, I don't want to say my ounces cause I don't want to say my weight cause I am it's that Not grown. your
1: body weight and ounces divided by two. It's, it's whatever you weigh divided by two. And then just, that's the ounces.
0: Exactly. Thank They're you for clarifying me. that. Oh. Um, and then I did simple math cause my brain is broken, but, um, basically my biggest issue with doing these kind of water competitions with myself is that I I already have to pee a lot. And then once I start drinking a crap ton of water, it almost feels like I live on a toilet. That's so why I
1: can't, I can't do it. I can't like, I have, to, I'm always running to the bathroom, but apparently like your body gets more used to all the water you you take in and you pee less. Eventually. They say
0: that I've never, I've never been on the other side of that. They say okay. it. I've never been on the other side, but I would be open to trying and especially because we do live indoors now and a bathroom is very close at all times, always. This we- is the
1: thing about the lotion.
0: Okay. Um,
1: is that I've, I'm now on a pretty routine schedule. Like, I have the time to lotion myself and and have, like, I have, like, I can have, I have the time to have better eating habits. I have the time to, like like, take care of myself because I'm not in some hotel room somewhere for comedy or... You know what I mean? Like I'm not traveling, and yeah, it's just easier to have a routine. So like, I have the luxury of time, and that is why I use lotion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as soon, as soon as I leave the house again, this habit is out the door.
1: It's gonna be the first one gone. I but will put my say that- bra back on. And yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I think, I think that's a really good goal for you. I'm just going to put that out there. I think, uh, lotioning every day is a great goal for you. Um, I also think more water I'm down for a water competition. If any of our fans want to,
1: how do we, how do we measure that?
0: Um I mean I have a Fitbit so you can measure your water in a Fitbit or you just start like a log so every time you have a glass of water or you get like those big bottles that you know tell you how many ounces and you just kind of track it. I mean it's mostly an emotional tracking. I'm I love writing stuff down. I love logging stuff. I love visually looking at like growth or charts. I don't know what that is, but my mom's well, very, very much the same way.
1: I'm the same way. You spent you spent like 2 hours with me at a like a uh, uh, paper store while I looked for something that I could log my earnings in and like, and as soon as I bought something,
0: we stopped earning stopped <laughs> earning. I
1: literally had nothing to enter into it. And it was like, I did this to myself. I did this to you, the whole world. Yeah,
0: you really <laughs> did. You bought a discount seven pound calendar. It
1: has a bird on it.
0: That has a bird on it that you purchase solely to log your earnings yes. to be more responsible. And, um, and then Literally the, next the global economy collapsed and no one's making money. And I do blame you. I'm glad wow. everybody has somebody to blame. That's fair. That's um, very
1: fair. So but no, but I love logging shit like that too. And um, you know, and if you want to go one further, we could take a picture of our urine to see who's the nope. lightest. Nope,
0: nope, nope, <laughs> nope. You took it too far. We are no, not no, gonna we are I not gonna be bad. a blog that takes pictures <laughs> of fucking urine to see if who's has clear and copious pee. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be a part of that. Um, (laughs) That literally feels like a virtual urine sample that we just started. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Could you imagine people start sending in their pee and we're like, ooh, um, you need more vitamins. I don't know what vitamins you need. Also, I think you're pregnant. (laughs) All right. We should get into our topic. Let's do it. Okay. um, I've always thought about this and I, I feel like we're two people that should have strong knowledge of it. Can you get high from comedy?
1: Yeah, I've heard that.
0: Have you felt it?
1: No, here's the thing. I feel like I, I, because everyone's like, I need comedy like a drug. And I have never once, I feel so left out. When I talk to my comedian friends about how they feel about doing comedy, it's like, I don't know if I could not get on stage for, for uh, what do I do if I can't get on stage? What do I do? You know? And I'm like, is that, is that my voice? No, that's every comedian okay. ever's voice, but you're, okay. you're in there. It's just yeah. a mix. Yeah. What, cool, cool, do, cool. what do I do? What do I do if I can't do comedy? Oh God, what do I do? Um, cool, cool. And I just, I've never, uh, I've never experienced that, um, that fear that like, oh God, what if I can't get this stage time? Um, I was on a roll with stage time because I was earning. So it's like, for me, it was just like, I mean, it's fun to do. I love doing comedy, but I don't have that. Like I I'm addicted to it. I need it. I need that adrenaline. I don't have that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're also very much coupled with anxiety, not to say that I don't have anxiety with certain performances or working on new stuff or certain, uh, situations, but I never related you avoid stand up sometimes because of how much anxiety it causes you?
1: I will say I'm going to interrupt you there. I will okay. say for years I was like that, but in the past couple of years that dread that I felt um before like having shows hanging over my head and it was dread. It wasn't even nerves. It was just absolute dread like I don't want to do this had gone away in the past couple of years. And I think it's because I got to a place in comedy where I liked my set better. And I like, you know, like I, I was, I was starting to enjoy it the way like other people did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm starting to see how it's like, Oh, I want to get on stage. I can't wait to try this joke. But, um, but it still wasn't an addiction and that's what I don't understand from other comedians.
0: I, um, it's my favorite part of my day I'm not saying there's not shows I don't look forward to. I'm not saying there's not shows, especially because of how the audience react is reacting to a previous comic or just me thinking an audience might might not like me. Or there's a whole bunch of reasons that dread or fear or not wanting to go up might factor into how I feel leading up to a gig, whether it's months, weeks, or even moments before I go on stage. But I would say a good 90% of the time, it's my favorite part of my day. Um, I look forward to it. I'm excited about it. It fixes a bad day. Honestly, not even just performing. If I can be really honest, because I do stand-up so much and because it's such a, it's so habitual, it's really trying new stuff and working on new stuff that I get a real high from. Yeah. A joke that works and does well, but it has always worked and done well or it's already polished and formatted and it, it just is, it's doing its job and there's no extra um, additives to it. I like it. It feels good. I'm happy, but I don't get high from it, but like new material nights, um, working out new lines in a joke. That's like 80% done riffing something, talking to somebody in the audience and having a unique way. It works into my material, bringing back old stuff and adding to it, anything that's new and fresh. And I don't know how it's going to end. That's when I get high. It's the, uh, A risk? Yeah. And the unknown. And what's what's weird about it is you know me, I hate the unknown. I everything that's happening now, everything that happens like I map out my day. I have take a shower on my to-do list. I map out my day. And Uh I still map out my sets, but even I'm constantly writing new jokes and I'm constantly trying out new lines and I'm always trying to push myself and challenge myself and I think it's because that's what gets me high and that's what excites me and that's what makes me feel like I'm doing something.
1: It's, it's sort of like, you know how your sexual fantasies are like the opposite of who you are in real life? Like they always say, if you want to be tied up and, um, you know, submissive in bed, it's because you're so controlling in your, re- your real life that you want the kind of break from that. Maybe stand-up is that break where it's like where you can let go and risk. and but But, you're all, but it's all still while you're in control
0: it's a you controlled know? risk in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Because,
0: because this is a comedy club. This is where you tell jokes. It's not like I'm like standing up on a subway platform being like, Hey, everybody give it up for Maria Shahada. She not has some anyway. jokes. Yeah, no, we're close.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're
1: like, we can't wait for the day we could go on a subway and start telling jokes. Like, Oh
0: man. I'm telling you, if you just give me your subway fare, I'll tell you some jokes.
1: So- that must be why like the the zoom shows like have no appeal to you because there's no it's no risk like in the room because i really feel like there's an energy in the room that a comedian if they're good and they're in tune enough they can play off of that you're just not going to get in a zoom show
0: yeah i mean and that's a that's a really valid point i've been feeling like an old man with all the fans suggesting i do zoom shows and it's like first of all that sounds so unfun but like B, what am I learning from it? What am I getting from it? Like I, if it's just to tell my jokes and that's, and that's been the hardest part I've actually kind of started to realize when I was, cause I was doing a lot more headlining spots and I was doing an hour, maybe two to four times a week and then doing little 10 to 15 minute spots in the city. And I started to realize while I love connecting with the audience, having my own fans running my hour. It's really the new jokes in the hour and then finding different places for it and adding stuff to it and the little new stuff growing in the hour. That was the most exciting part of me doing an hour. And I was happier doing my 10 to 15 minute sets in the city where I could play around more. I felt less of a pressure because it's not fans paying X amount of money to see a polished hour. It's now people paying less money to see a bunch of comics kind of dick around. I'm not saying I don't enjoy the polish shows. I'm not saying it's not its own level of fun, but if I'm being very honest, the best I feel in any given week is I planned out some new jokes. I did them. Some part of it worked. They don't even have to fully kill just some part of it worked. And now I get to go home and figure out how to make the rest of it work.
1: But that all contributes to the adrenaline rush you get when you, when you, which is what you are missing right now. Is it the adrenaline rush?
0: I guess so. I don't feel like a, like, I don't think people, I think people start, try to say like, it's the same as like bungee jumping or, you know, BMX riding off a ramp or something. Like, I don't like my whole, sometimes my whole body gets hot, but that's because I'm, you know, something's going horribly wrong. Like it's, you're not on stage in this weird fight or flight physical moment or mental moment. It's, it's more like, I don't know how to describe it. It's more like I'm not in my head anymore. As somebody that lives 100 percent in their head, you know, you don't start crying while doing dishes because you're in the moment. <laughs> you know, you what, know I mean? what
1: I mean? I I have an ex that like he was at his best when he was on stage. You know? Because oh like he, yeah, he got, he got like a, a nice like vacation from who he was as a person. <laughs> and, like,
0: but that's you, yeah
1: yeah. Go
0: ahead. I, that's I. 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 A hundred percent relate. I. I think I'm the best version of myself on stage. If I'm being really honest, my and I, you've heard this. My fear with the podcast is I. I. I'm. I'm clunky. Like I make mistakes. I say words wrong because I'm dyslexic. I have a terrible vocabulary. I stutter a lot. I um, have trouble finding the right word. I say too many words to get to a val- valid point. My jokes aren't like that. My jokes are polished because I spent three months practicing them and polishing them and finding the exact word and figuring out how this wording bounces off the audience. And my polished jokes are who I wish I was three months ago. And, I think the reason, and I've done tons of podcasts. I mean, I, I host my own um, mental illness podcast with the Jed Foundation. I've been a guest on countless podcasts. I'm not saying I don't have moments There's where time I- time
1: to plug at the end. My fuck God. off, I'll kill you.
0: Um, <laughs> both of us have been countless guests. We we are able to speak on our feet and be in the moment. I'm, I'm also very often in the moment on stage as well, but this free form and showing people exactly the fact that my brain actually does work a lot slower. And I am, I am a, po- you're watching a polished version of Liz on stage. And this is a very tired, sick, scared version of Liz off stage. And this is what friends get. Friends get this where I go, Hey, is that a real word? Yeah. How do you spell that? Like my boyfriend's probably going to murder me because every 10 minutes I go, how do you spell? How do you spell? I know. How do you spell?
1: I've, I've, I've been that person to you before. I like it. It makes me feel useful. It makes me feel <laughs> smart. I feel like I like it. Um, Thank and you. then and then you're like, never mind, I got it. And it's like, oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> So really the question is do you get a high off helping your friends spe- spell basic words and do you miss me? That's really what this whole episode is about. Missing uh, the fact that I make you feel like a professor. I make you feel like a genius <laughs> professor that has a degree.
1: Wow, you you I mean like for somebody who isn't polished you're really good at just putting words into my mouth
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do I always did find how we approached comedy and our need for comedy was always very different so my goals were always to be a comic that did an hour perform like traveled around performing their hour creating new hours um being a live performer and I remember very early into our friendship you're like no I don't want that. And it blew my goddamn mind. I thought every comedian had the same goals and you were one of the first people, first of all, not even like, it's not like you were like, I'm doing this to be famous. It was like, you are still a hardworking comedian that worked on polishing their jokes. Like we're still the same type of comic in the sense that we care about our jokes and making them strong and making them funny and, and making them the best joke that they can be. But I was just kind of shocked that somebody that worked as hard as you did, that was as funny as you were, didn't have the same old school 1995 comedy goals that I had, which was just to be a performing comic that did their hour every night.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds like my help. But like, it's just... <laughs> no, because I know some comics who are like, you know, like I feel most at home at a comedy club, like either in the back or on stage or whatever, like some people just want to spend their lives like wouldn't mind at least if not absolutely want to spend their lives touring and going around the comedy clubs and and just headlining like that comedy has always been like one medium among many of my getting my my voice across so like for me it was it was just a means to do that and it's and comedy is one of the easiest art forms because you can just it's you know what it's so it's it's not one of the easiest art forms it is one of the most accessible art forms yeah that is the hardest to master. Master,
0: yeah. Well, that, that is the one
1: that will take you 20 to 30 years to master, but anyone can fucking start, you know? Yes,
0: I will. It, to me, I've seemed to always be very drawn to easy to start, independent, don't need anybody type um, outlets. So as a runner, like, yes, this quarantine sucks. My gym isn't open, but you put on some shoes, you go for a run in a park. And nobody can really stop you. It's you know it's great for social distancing, um,
1: yeah.
0: but I still have that outlet, um, f- mental and physical outlet. And comedy, up until this moment, felt um, so accessible that any I get com- I mean I get messages all the time that are like, hey, I want to do stand up. What do I do? And it sounds stand
1: up to me, I will online coach you. I'm- yeah, I'm a that is true. Coach. Yeah, Maria. I don't know why I are mean, not doing that? <laughs> um,
0: that is very smart. I mean, Maria, I I when you started telling me that you are helping people with comedy, I was like, that's so smart. I think I've been using you. I think I owe you so much money. I've been using you for years. <laughs> um, but you are so intuitive, like both for your what your own voice is, but like the fact that you're even a good friend is because you know my voice. Like we've just discussed it before. Like I stop using emojis and you're like, Liz is depressed. We got to do yeah. something about it. But I think you can see that in people's joke structures. And I think that's why we both, A, are drawn to comedy, which is like here's the purest form of expressing myself, but I also can tell a lot about other people through how they express their self. I mean, I think what's really been hard lately is watching other people do stand up being like, "Oh, that's a really interesting premise," or I really enjoy where they're going with that. And then I hear their punchline and I go, "Oh, can I help you? Please, let me help oh, you." Oh, yeah, it's so
1: disappointing when you um, when you when there's such a good premise and you're like, "Ooh, original premise. Where's this going?" And then they disappoint. But the thing is, is, I I used to when I first started, I used to feel like that person.
0: I don't know. For me, I am I don't think I'm worried about the addictive nature of stand-up. I'm worried about um I mean, I did say I was worried about the addictive nature in a previous episode, and I am. I am worried about not getting on stage and what that means for my mental health, but I I worry about not having that ability to bounce ideas back and polish them, and I know I can polish them on my own or through my friends, but that's not why I got into stand-up. It's, it is the high of polishing them off, strangers in the moment, um, not knowing how it's going to go, and just getting hit with that wave of laughter. like that wave of laughter is is the best part. And you don't get a um, wave of laughter on Zoom, everybody.
1: You sure don't get. There's nothing on a podcast unless unless is there maybe there's a sound effect I can whenever you no, do Don't
0: you patronize me.
1: <laughs> but we know, we
0: I mean, make each other laugh and I think that's why you are a good podcast partner. Is I mean that's yeah. why we became friends. I mean this all kind of stemmed from the fact that half our friendship has been from different areas for the last over ten years, and my favorite would be when I would make you laugh. We would be like skyping or something, and I'd make you laugh, and you would fall out of screen. <laughs> and I was just like, I did it! I killed Maria. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is always you. You have those friends who are. It's like a win when you make them like fucking laugh, like not just like the regular laugh, but that like that like Johnny has a like top tier laugh that just I'm like ding, Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> what do we get? Um, yeah, and I, I think that's probably what drew us to comedy in the first place is like, I know I was definitely insecure most of my life. I still have a lot of insecurities. And when everything was bad, making my parents laugh, making my siblings laugh, making my friends laugh, it just kind of was this equalizer. Like everything sucks. I'm unhappy. Everybody else around me seems unhappy. And then this silly idea this silly joke would hit and people would laugh and you would have this like one to three minute break from reality and i do think yeah. that's why people don't want us to quit and 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 people are kind of starving for content right now is we're inundated with like coronavirus updates and and economy updates and and there's a bleakness to the uncertainty and the fear behind this virus and everybody's like don't leave me alone with this virus don't leave me alone with these updates please <laughs> oh, yeah. it's be like silly
1: when you isolate it's like it's like we have this portal to tell you how everybody else is feeling right now it's like why wouldn't you want that podcasts have, have saved me like just listening to um other comedians podcasts and just knowing what they're thinking and feeling and that we feel the same and it's like it's really nice you feel less lonely so yeah. maybe we should ask our listeners have we helped you feel less lonely
0: yeah, I like that. Um, I, I would love to know if you guys feel like you're pulled away from something that like comedy is our kind of um outlet and addiction. What is your outlet and addiction that you don't have access to because of the coronavirus? Is podcasting helping you get through that? I listen to podcasts when I yes. clean. That's... There sure
1: is a lot of new people podcasting. So. Yeah, t- you, you should. Know, t- you
0: started one. Okay, we want to hear from you. Um, please email us. Uh, we would love to know uh, your lotion story. Um, <laughs> no, we don't. We don't do. Say that. I uh, consider, Yeah, I don't want to know where you put it.
1: Guys' lotion stories. Yeah. Oh.
0: Oh. Yeah. That's a really valid point. Don't tell us your lotion stories. <laughs> I just realized that guys all have very lotion-y penises. Um, don't
1: tell us your lotion stories. Okay. Don't
0: tell us your lotion stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. I don't know. Email us. We'll get back to you. Um, we have a lot of free time. You can email us. We have a Patreon. Um, yeah. Uh, help us out. We're trying to figure out what our lives are without stand up clearly. So you can give to our Patreon. Um, it'll be listed, um, everywhere, especially I think it's on our Instagram right now. So you can follow us on Instagram at two non-doctors. That's the number two non and then DRS. And then you can email us at two number two non-doctors but the full word d-o-c-t-o-r-s at gmail.com i shouldn't have spelled that i got really scared you did great thank you um but uh thank you for listening we appreciate you more episodes soon thank you
1: bye bye